Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. My name is Christian, and today I'll be presenting to you our week 13 start set information and covering everything that you guys are going to need to know to, uh, as always, hopefully make the right moves this week and hopefully get yourselves into the playoffs. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving, everyone. As always, there will be timestamps down in the description, and if you have any uh, thoughts, comments, or questions, leave them down in the comment section below. We'll try to do our best to read through all those and answer any pertinent ones. Uh, Rob did do the research on half of these games, just so you guys know, but he won't be able to present them. Um, and this video is a few hours late because I recorded it late last night, and about 80% of the way through recording, it, uh, my computer crashed and so I got mad I went to bed and now I woke up and I'm doing the rest of it today but or restarting it today either way guys let's get into it and let's start talking about everything that you're gonna need to know so the first thing we're gonna talk about is the Bears versus the Lions let's start off talking about the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky I think it's tempting for a lot of people to start him versus the Lions because the Lions do give up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks but I would advise against that. His quarterback rating of 80 on the year is 30th in the NFL, and he has seriously struggled, especially considering that Matthew Stafford is out, or at least he's doubtful. I'm going to say it's very likely that he is out, and Jeff Driscoll is currently questionable. Um, they could very well be down to their third quarterback, and even if they do have Jeff Driscoll, he hasn't been very productive. This could be a very low-scoring game. So I don't think Trubisky is going to have a whole lot of fantasy value in this game. A guy who might is David Montgomery. This is a great matchup for him, and I very much look forward into this game, expecting the Bears to run the ball quite a bit. David Montgomery hasn't been the best rookie running back. I think he's been of a disappointment for some people. 3.3 yards per carry isn't great. But... He's the clear lead back, averaging 17 carries a game over the last five games. I think he's a solid RB2 in this matchup versus the Lions that actually give up quite a few fantasy points. In fact, the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs. I would sit Tariq Cohen in standard leagues. Now, over the last three weeks, he's been pretty productive in PPR leagues. He's been targeted 19 times, turning that into 16 catches. So, in PPR leagues, he can come in as a fairly solid flex play, but I wouldn't give him anything more than that, although he is on pace uh, for quite a few catches this season. He's been very productive. Um, he said 50 catches on the season. This is Rob's research, by the way, but um, that makes his catch per game mark of 4.43. Um, recently, that's been bumped up uh, due to some more productive production recently, excuse me, to 4.55. That puts him on pace for 73 catches. So, uh, again, he can be played in PPR leagues. I'd avoid him in standard. As far as the wide receivers go, the only wide receiver that I consider for the Bears is Allen Robinson. Now, he's been a bit of a disappointment this season. He's a guy that we really liked a lot, but it hasn't been his fault. The play of Mitchell Trubisky has been the problem here, and that's really the main issue. He's been severely damaged or hurt his fantasy value by just poor quarterback play and the offense struggling. That being said, he's currently 18th in wide receiver scoring in PPR leagues, so yes, he should still be started this week, especially against the Lions' bad defense. Um, typically, I would call him a wide receiver one talent. He's a very talented guy. He's the number one wide receiver. He should be getting a lot of talents, but he's really a wide receiver three um, in most in most leagues simply because of that production struggle because of the quarterback situation that he is stuck in. So I'd call him probably a high wide receiver three, low wide receiver two, especially in PPR leagues. I think he has to be a solid wide receiver two. 
Um, I would sit all Bears tight ends and their kicker, Eddie Pinero or Pinero, whatever, however you say it, I would sit him. Um, he's missed some kicks recently. The offense isn't good. Uh, just avoid that. And as far as the Bears defense goes versus the Lions, uh, they allowed 21 fantasy points to the Redskins last week, so they definitely can be played this week. Again, especially if Jeff Driscoll is out. As far as the Lions go, again, we've gone over this. I'll update you guys on Friday in our injury update video. But as far as we know right now, Matthew Stafford's not going to be playing. I have no expectation. His backup, Jeff Driscoll, um, as I mentioned earlier, he's questionable with that hamstring injury. Sit him. For starters, his fantasy production hasn't been great. So even if he does play, uh, I don't trust him. As far as the running backs go, and, you know, I'm not going to say anything more of those quarterbacks. At this point, we're getting in. This is like the last week before playoffs. Heck, I believe in a few fantasy leagues. I know some people start playoffs this week. But anyways, you, there's no way you're going to trust this guy to put your fantasy season on the line. Anyways, we'll move on now with the running backs. Bo Scarbo, he's definitely a guy you got to consider this week. After being activated, 14 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. He followed that up last week with 18 carries for 98 yards, um, and his 4.78 yards per carry is very solid. This isn't a major surprise to us. I know that uh, the running game there for Detroit has seriously been a problem, but at 6'1", 235 pounds, he's got a solid build. This is also a good matchup against the Bears that allow the 14th most fantasy points to opposing running backs, and this is a guy could, who could easily see 20 carries this game, so I would absolutely consider playing him. <clears throat> as far as the wide receivers go, I wouldn't play Danny Amendola. Um, so there's Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay are the other two guys that we're going to be looking at. Kenny Galladay is a guy that I definitely think that you should play. The Bears do allow the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, but he's been very productive. The last time he played them, he had three catches for 57 yards and really saved his day because that was pretty mediocre, but saved his day with a touchdown. And he's a guy who's actually been fairly touchdown productive this year, finding the end zone quite a bit. So unless they drop down to their quarterback three, which I, I imagine Jeff Driscoll is going to play, and if he does, I would play him. Marvin Jones, um, there's definitely some risk involved with him. I'd call him a risky wide receiver three. He's had some really good days and some really bad days. It does hurt him that Stafford's out and he's not the number one wide receiver. And this isn't a great matchup. Again, the Lions, not a, or excuse me, uh, the Lions versus the Bears this week, not a great matchup. The Bears' pass defense is fairly solid. And I don't trust their quarterback situation, but he can be played. We've seen how productive he can be, especially if the Lions do possibly fall behind. He could get some extra boost in his fantasy value uh, simply from volume. I would sit tight end TJ Hawkinson. Um, and as far as their kicker, Matt Prater, goes, he's been a good kicker. He's even having a good season. But versus the Bears, they do allow the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing kickers. So I'd sit him as well. And I would sit the Lions defense. <clears throat> that is my wrap up for the Bears versus Lions. So we can get moving now and going on with the next game. All right, let's talk about the Bills versus the Cowboys now. Let's start off with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. He's coming off of a bad week. Last week, he had just 6.8 fantasy points versus the Patriots. The Patriots do give up the fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, so that's not a big surprise. It was also a very bad weather game that was full of plenty of mistakes, dropped balls, just as a whole, offenses in that game didn't look very good. Um, so there was a lot to be redeemed in that game considering it was so bad. I don't think it is quite as bad as it looks. Now, his prior three games, he had three straight games with three touchdown passes. So he's been very productive over those games. He averaged 31 fantasy points. So I do like him a lot. I think that he has some huge potential. But again, this week versus the Bills, the second toughest uh, as far as allowing the second fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So I think this is going to be a better week. Should be better weather. But 
Who knows? Again, that's going to be a very difficult situation. I think that he is playable in deep leagues, but I'm not expecting this guy to be a top 10 quarterback this week. I think you got to start Ezekiel Elliott every single week. The running back position is so thin, and he has got so much volume, and he's so productive. I'm not even going to break it down. If you're considering sitting him, you better have some seriously elite stud running backs, but I really doubt that you do. As far as the wide receivers go, Amari Cooper. Now, he's coming off a week where he was flat. In fact, he didn't even catch a ball. I believe he had two targets and zero catches. He just didn't look great. But it was against one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL and one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, he had to line up against uh, Gilmore of the Patriots at cornerback. And Gilmore has been extremely productive. In fact, I think there has been three separate times this year alone where he has held wide receivers to zero catches, just completely shut them down. Uh, back in the day, we used to call it Revis Island. I guess at this point, it's Gilmore Island, and he is shutting down wide receivers left and right. So that's not a major surprise. I would expect him to completely bounce that back this week and be a solid wide receiver one, but I'm going to call him a low-end wide receiver two because he has another tough matchup against Tredavis White, uh, who is another stud cornerback uh, and could give him a lot of trouble this time. Uh, this time around, excuse me. I would consider playing Michael Gallup as a wide receiver three. Last week, he had six targets, four catches, and 55 yards. That was, of course, better than Amari Cooper, who got completely shut out last week. I'm calling this the Cole Beasley effect. When wide receiver twos outperform their wide receiver one based on matchup, when you go against a good defense with a really good cornerback one, that cornerback one can often not always, but often shut down that wide receiver, forcing your quarterback to throw to his wide receiver too even more, really boost the volume of a guy like a Michael Gallup or a Cole Beasley. That's why I'm calling it the Cole Beasley effect because he's had that happen quite a few times this year. We'll talk about him a bit more in a second. As far as the tight ends go, Jason Witten sit him. The Bills give up the fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. And also sit kicker Brett Maher. They also give up the fewest fantasy points to opposing kickers. They've just been in just very, very solid defense this year. Very much impressed me. Looks like they're going to be a playoff team, and I'd love to see what they could do. As far as the Cowboys' defense go, I would sit them in seven of their 11 games. They have scored six or less fantasy points. Uh, just not enough value there. Looking now at the Bills' offense and Josh Allen, I think you got to play Josh Allen. The Dallas Cowboys give up the eighth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, but he's averaging 20 fantasy points over the last six games. Six games. That's a third of the season. He has been extremely productive. I think you have to play him. I believe he's had six straight games with multiple touchdowns. So yeah, he's been very effective. As far as the running backs go, Devin Singletary is the guy to play. I wouldn't start Frank Gore in basically any situation. Um, but I do like Singletary. He's coming off his first career 100-plus rushing yard game. So that's, of course, very exciting for him. And he didn't just have that based on volume. The guy's got 5.8 yards per carry this season. That is insane. If a running back can have 4.8 yards per carry, that is considered very effective. So, of course, you have to like Singletary, especially considering he's a guy who works himself in the passing game quite a bit. I have to imagine if the Bills are going to win this game, Devin Singletary is probably going to have to have a fairly good day. Um, so that's kind of, as far as the game trends go, that's really what I'm expecting. I would start him as a running back too. As far as the wide receivers go, we got John Brown and Cole Beasley. Get to come back to my Cole Beasley effect that I've been talking about a minute ago, which is this idea that Cole Beasley has outperformed John Brown in a few games but particularly, he's done it a few times this year. Every time he does it, it's against tough defenses. He did it against the Patriots. He did it uh, many weeks ago. He did it just a few weeks ago as well again. For whatever reason, you put a good number one cornerback on, John Browning tends to disappear. 
and that gives a lot of room for Cole Beasley to shine. Now, that's nothing against John Brown. He's been very productive with three touchdown pass or receptions in the last two weeks, um, and only once this season has he failed to score 10 or more fantasy points in PPR leagues. He's definitely a guy that should be considered. However, the Cowboys do give up the second fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, so I don't expect him to have a monstrous day. If you're looking for a bit of a sleeper this week to plug and play your wide receiver three or flex because you don't love your options, Cole Beasley is definitely a guy. His targets over the last three games have been double what they were the previous three games, and he actually has four touchdowns in the last six games. Furthermore, as I've said, versus the Patriots or any other tough defenses this year that they have played, Cole Beasley typically plays better than John Brown for whatever the reason that is, just game scripts. I have to imagine that trend is somewhat going to continue. As far as their tight end, Dawson Knox goes, I'd sit him only one time in the last eight weeks since he had more than two catches and 32 yards. So the production simply isn't there. Uh, Steven Hushka, he's a guy you can, can consider playing. I think he carries a lot of risk. This could very well be a battle of defenses where they kick a lot of field goals, um, but that could also be kind of quite the opposite. Right now, he's a very volatile kicker. He scored 13, 0, 7, 2, 15, and 8 fantasy points over the last six weeks. So he has been all the way up and down. He's been all over the place. It's really hard to predict his kind of production. So that certainly makes me a bit nervous. Finally, I would sit the Bills defense. The Cowboys give up the second fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. So I would probably look for another option this week. But let's keep going on with the video and get to our next game. All right, guys, now we got Falcons versus Saints. Let's start off with the Saints and Drew Brees. I think you got to play them. Now, I know that some people are a little bit nervous. Last time the Saints played the Falcons, they did not have a good day. The Falcons defense played surprisingly well. However, that is a bit of a fluke. They do give it the seventh most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And after two games in a row where the Falcons played really well, they came back down to earth, allowing over 300 yards and three touchdowns from Jameis Winston. That alone, to me, really honestly says enough. I think the teams can have a good game here and there, and that doesn't mean that that's their new identity. They, again, they really came back down to earth. Uh, Jameis Winston is no Drew Brees. Furthermore, Drew Brees is just this stud Hall of Fame quarterback. Go back to 2015, he had a co co completion percentage of 68%, excuse me. Then he bumped that up to 70, then 74, then 75.7 is his current completion percentage this season. He has been absolutely phenomenal. Currently holds the record for that, by the way. Uh, he's just been great. You absolutely have to play him, especially with the weapons that he has. Speaking of his weapons, let's talk about the running situation and Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is back on track. you got to play this guy. Um, he's been very productive, and I think you should play him as a strong RB1. I don't even think I need to break it down anymore. He's just finally healthy, and when he's healthy, he is an extremely productive, one of the most productive running backs in the NFL. In fact, over the last three games, he has a yards per carry of 5.5. That is insanely efficient. Hard numbers to find from a starting running back who gets so much attention from defenses. As far as Latavius Murray goes, I think he's tempting for people to play. I would advise against this. Here's what we know. He had a couple of games where he was very productive. He did have a game with 64 yards and a touchdown recently. However, he's only averaging 7.3 carries per game. With that low amount of usage, to me, there's too much risk. Again, there's a reason for that low amount of usage, and that's Alvin Kamara. I would be sitting him this week if I were you guys. As far as the wide receivers go, I don't even feel like I need to get into it. Start Michael Thomas. He is phenomenal. He is one of the best receivers in the NFL. If not the best receiver in the NFL, I've said it a few times, I think he'd probably be my pick for the number one wideout. 
And it's a great matchup. The Falcons give the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. The last time he played them, he had 13 catches for 152 yards. Absolutely play him. I wouldn't play any other wide receivers, though. I think a lot of people know that at this point. There's just no set, clear number two wide out there in New Orleans. Ted and Jared Cook is a guy you got to play. He's got four touchdowns in the last five games. And the one game that he didn't score, he still had six catches for 74 yards. So he's really worked his way into a solid role in that offense. And considering the shallow talent pool at the tight end position, absolutely play him this week. And again, his production has been seriously boosted since Drew Brees has been back. As far as our kicker, Lutz, start Lutz. This is just super high-octane, high-powered, effective offense. And that guy's going to be kicking lots of extra points at the very least. And Saints defense, I think you got to start them versus Atlanta. They do allow the seventh most fantasy points to opposing defenses. So it could be a very good week, especially if Julio Jones is out, which I'll update you guys on Friday. I'll talk a little bit more about a second, but let's start off with Matt Ryan first. He started the season off with six consecutive 300-plus yard passing games. He looked very effective. Since then, he struggled quite a bit. Now, Saints defense is very good. I think this Falcons offense is actually very good, and there's a lot of fantasy value to be had there. This, for me, really comes down to Julio Jones and his health. If Julio Jones, who is currently questionable, if he sits, that is a major blow to Matt Ryan's value, and I think you got to consider looking elsewhere for your quarterback. However, if Julio Jones plays, it's also very likely that Matt Ryan could throw the ball up to 40, 45 times in this game, as they could very well be behind by quite a bit to the Saints. So even if Julio sits, he's certainly worth a start in deeper leagues. Um, but if Julio is out, I might consider some other options. Let's skip on now. Skip the running backs. Let's get the wide receivers real quick, uh, just so I can tell you what I know about Julio Jones, and then we can get past it and move on. Currently struggling with his shoulder injury. Um, he hasn't been spotted in practice, at least so far this week, so we don't know much. That's a really unfortunate situation right now, um, and he didn't play the entire game versus the Bucks, so of course that is very unfortunate. Um, at halftime, he did get his shoulder checked. Um, Excuse me. Anyways, we don't know a whole lot right now. Um, sorry, I'm trying to read Rob's notes, look up and down. Uh, toughest thing in the world, I swear, is to read the notes and continue speaking at the same time. If Julio Jones plays, I think you got to start him. The Saints allow the 12th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. But I don't know anything about his health right now. I'm going to update you guys in our Friday injury video and say no more before I accidentally say something stupid or you know what I probably have at this point. <laughs> well, I'm going to back now to the running backs real quick in Devonta Freeman. Struggling with that foot injury, he was listed as full at Tuesday's practice. So that is good news. We don't know a lot about this situation, though. He hasn't been playing great. He's been successful. It's 3.5 yards per carry. Um, that is well below his career average and well below what typical starting running backs have in the NFL. But he's got strong usage. He's got 38 catches, three receiving touchdowns in nine games. It makes him a strong RB2 start in PPR leagues. In standard leagues, he does carry some more risk. But he's a guy who's fairly solid at finding the end zone. I think he's still going to play him as a low-end RB2 even in standards considering that. Bouncing back to the wide receivers now, oh, it's a little bit disorganized, but we got Calvin Ridley. He's had two very good games um, after being quiet for a while, but those two games were in great matchups. Grand, this is a fair matchup against the Saints, who do give the 12th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and I think he's a guy that you should start as a wide receiver two this week. Might even get a bump to a high wide receiver two if Julio Jones is out. We talked about Russell Gage in our waiver wire video. He's a bit of a sleeper. I don't trust starting him in most leagues, 
But if Julio Jones is out, you could play him as a mid to low wide receiver three. He just carries a lot of risk, but he does have quite a bit of upside. As far as the tight end, Austin Hooper goes. Still struggling with that knee injury. He was sidelined Tuesday as far as we know, um, but he was spotted doing some workouts off to the side of practice, so he wasn't officially practicing. But it sounds like we've got some news, some positive news that he is making progress with his injury. I think it's very likely he misses this game and doesn't play another game. But if he does play, start him. He's a top five tight end. You absolutely have to play Austin Hooper. I would sit uh, Young Way, which I've learned is how you pronounce his name now, so that's great. Um, he's been excellent since he signed at the Falcons. I would definitely consider starting him this week. Again, especially in a game where they could be kicking the ball a lot, a lot of extra points, a lot of field goals. Should be a very high-scoring affair. Finally, I would sit the Atlanta Falcons defense. That's my wrap-up for this game. Let's continue on with the next game. All right, let's talk about the Jets versus the Bengals now. Let's start off with the Jets and Sam Darnold. He's a guy you should consider playing. The Bengals give up the sixth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, and he's averaging 26 fantasy points a game over the last three games. Granted, that was against the Giants, the Redskins, and the Raiders, so that's not very steep competition, but neither are the Bengals. As far as Le'Veon Bell goes, I think you got to play him. He's averaging 17 fantasy points a game over the last four games. That is PPR league specific, but I still think you have to play him as a pretty solid running back to a low-end running back one, even in standard leagues. He's on pace for 75 catches. He's averaging almost five catches a game. In standard leagues, yeah, that doesn't help you. You don't get the PPR boost, but you do get purely the fact that he's a volume guy who's out there all the time, and he's a big part of that offense. As far as the wide receivers go, I would sit Robbie Anderson and Demarius Thomas. The one guy I would play is Jamison Crowder. Um, he had just two catches for 18 yards last week, but they won 34 to three over the Raiders. So I'm not, you know, looking at that too worried. You have to honestly be somewhat, or can't be too surprised is what I'm trying to say. Um, when you win by that big of a margin, they just weren't throwing the ball a lot. Prior to that, he had three straight games with a touchdown. I would play him this week in a great matchup. Uh, tight end Ryan Griffin. Um, during our waiver wire video, I talked about Ryan Griffin misquoted his stats. Oops. I'm going to try to quote them properly this time, but I'm not going to dig too much into it. He's a guy that you should play this week. I would play him in sort of the 8 to 12 range for tight ends. He got four touchdowns in the last five games, and they signed him to a contract extension, which proves that they've got a lot of confidence in him. And really, recently, he has been really developed into a huge part of that offense. As far as kicker Sam Ficken goes, he's actually a guy I'd consider if you want to take a risk, because he does make me nervous, but if you are willing to take a risk, he can be played. The Bengals give up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing kickers, and last three games have been very good to him. He scored 14, 12, 4, and 10 fantasy points. Now, some of his other games have been, you know, not so great. Again, that four just a couple weeks ago is bad, but in this sort of matchup, he can be played as a low-end kicker plug-and-play. As far as the defenses go, if you want to take a risk, another situation, you want to take a risk on the Jets' defense, you can do that, but it does make me nervous. He's For, for me, this defense is more of a deep league start. Over the last three games, they've scored 16, 9, and 18 fantasy points. The previous five games, they scored 4, 1, 1, 3, and 6, so it makes me nervous, but it is against the Bengals. That helps a lot. It's a very easy matchup. <clears throat> now... Let's start talking about the Bengals. Ryan Finley, an under quarterback, playing, playing under center at a quarterback. Uh, I wouldn't play him. I think this is pretty straightforward. Everybody knows that. The production just hasn't been there. Joe Mixon, however, is really tough. For me, he comes in as a low-end RB2 or flex play. He has been, he's a very good running back. He is very effective. I love the guy. But man, he is seriously, seriously held back by that offense. 
though he does get a pretty serious boost purely based off of volume. We do have to remember that last week the Jets held Josh Jacobs, who is one of the best running backs in the NFL, to 10 carries for 34 yards, a bad 3.4 yards per carry. So if Mixon is going to have a good day, it's going to be based off of volume, not efficiency. As far as the wide receivers go, I would sit all wide receivers except Tyler Boyd. I'd take a look at him, give him a chance. He's coming off a week where he had nine targets, five catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown in a game where they didn't play all that great. They scored just 10 points versus the Steelers. That is a much better Steelers defense than this week's defense that he's playing that gives up the sixth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. I would sit tight end Tyler Eifert and kicker Randy Bullock, and I would sit the Bengals defense averaging just 3.2 fantasy points per game this year. That's my wrap up for this game. Nice, short, and simple. All right, guys, it's time to talk about the Titans versus the Colts this week. I want to start off talking about the Titans and Ryan Tannehill. I think he's a pretty playable quarterback this week. Now, they play the Colts allowing the 15th fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. But as we've talked about a few times before, this number is a little bit skewed. They've shut down quarterbacks like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Mason Rudolph or Marcus Mariota or Joe Flacco. But when faced with against guys like Matt Ryan, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, even Foles, They've had some pretty big games against them, so I definitely think that there's room for him to have a good day, uh, a very good fantasy day. In fact, since he has taken over at quarterback, he's averaging over 23 fantasy points a game. In five games, he's thrown 10 touchdown passes to only two picks, and he's had three rushing touchdowns, which is a pretty large surprise. Plus, his quarterback rating of 111 is currently fourth best quarterback rating in the NFL. Definitely start him if you don't already have a top 10 quarterback th this week. As far as the running backs go, Derrick Henry, you got to play this guy. Start as a very solid RB1. Even in PPR leagues, he is an RB1. I think a lot of people have this expectation that in PPR leagues, he bumps himself down to an RB2, but that's actually not the case. In PPR leagues, despite averaging just over one catch a game, he is still sixth in the NFL. And in standard leagues, he is currently third in scoring. He's been just phenomenal this year. Absolutely play Derrick Henry. As far as the wide receivers go, I would sit Corey Davis, but consider playing A.J. Brown. He's been explosive and had five solid fantasy games, but some of his other games haven't been so great, and that's a lot of the times due to volume and usage. He just hasn't been used quite enough to keep his value up in most games, especially in the tough games. He's only averaging four and a half targets a game. So if you're in a deeper league, such as a like a 16-team league, he can be played. Otherwise, I wouldn't play him. I would sit both tight ends, Johnny Smith and Delaney Walker. Walker's still struggling with that ankle injury. He missed his fourth straight game. It's very likely that he could be back this game as he had been at, back at practice, though he was limited. But if he does come back, this only hurts the value of both of them. So I would consider sitting both of them this week because they're essentially splitting roles at this point. As far as their kicker and defense go, Ryan Suckup, he's averaging just three and a half points a game. Sit him. And the Titans defense, I would sit them as well. Colts give up the 10th fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. <clears throat> now let's talk about the Colts and Jacoby Brissett. He should get Hilton back, T.Y. Hilton hopefully closer to 100%. That of course would help his fantasy value quite a bit. Now after being a really nice fantasy play the first six weeks, the last three weeks for Jacoby Brissett, he's been quite quiet. You combine that uh, with the fact that he is playing the Titans this week on the 15th fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, that's pretty tough. It's going to be a nice boost if he gets Hilton back, as we just mentioned, but you lose Ebron, you lose Marlon Mack. I definitely think you should probably sit him this week. As I just mentioned, Marlon Mack out, uh, confirmed with that hand. 
broken hand or whatever it is, he's not going to be suiting him for week three. He has already been ruled out. This leaves Jonathan Williams as the back in the backfield as the guy. He has been great. He's filled in. He had 13 carries for 116 yards. Then he had 26 carries for 104 yards. He's got a solid 5.9 yards per carry and a rushing touchdown last week. I would definitely play him against the Titans, who in fact give up the 12th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Especially considering, based on volume, he could very well be a guy to see 15 to 20 touches this week, making him a solid RB2. As far as the wide receivers go, we'll mention Hilton briefly. Just to update, he's got that calf issue. He's still very unsure about his Week 13 status, so it could very well go either way. I'm not going to say anything more. I just want to clarify that we don't know that much. I'll update you guys on Friday. As far as the other wide receivers go, the only guy to consider is Zach Pascal. And even Zach Pascal, I wouldn't play. Um, he really showed quite a bit of talent. Uh, the promise at the beginning of this year. He definitely had some pretty good fantasy days, but after being asked to take over that number one wide receiver role, he just proved to be kind of fool's gold. He hasn't quite lived up to the expectation, so I would not be playing him this week. Probably consider him a wide receiver four, just to let people know. I do think he's got some talent, some potential, but I don't think he quite cracks fantasy lineups this week. With Eric Ebron out, Jack Doyle moves up into a top 10 tight end role this week, especially if T.Y. Hilton is out. He could have some pretty solid volume. I would sit kicker Adam Venetieri. He has seriously struggled this year and could very well be his last year in the NFL, and I would sit the Colts defense. It's a pretty quick wrap-up, but that's my wrap-up for the Titans versus the Colts. Let's move on to our next game, guys. All right, now we've got the Eagles versus the Dolphins this week. This week is absolutely defined by one word, injuries. Man, there are a lot of injuries. We've got Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and Deshaun Jackson. All three of the top three wide receivers for the Eagles all could be out this week. Jordan Howard struggling with that shoulder injury. He still marked his day today. He could very well miss this week. And Carson Wentz has a bruised right hand. So if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you're going to be going down to the local supermarket and picking up whoever can throw an egg the furthest to play quarterback. And whichever guy can catch it, I guess, is going to play your wideout. That's pretty much the state of the Eagles offense at this point. I feel bad for you guys. I think you got some talent. You got some weapons there. But man, you're just... They're all hurt. There's not much you can do about that. It doesn't say much about your team. It just says a lot about the health of your team. Considering all the wide receivers that are out, the possible running back they're being out, and his bruised right hand, I don't think you should play Carson Wentz this week. I think that seems fairly obvious, though. As far as the running backs go, the update on Jordan Howard is that Doug Peterson said that he's still struggling with that shoulder, and he doesn't quite, uh, quite hasn't regained full strength in that shoulder, and he's currently day-to-day. -day. This makes me very nervous. We've seen with James Conner and other running backs just this season, multiple other running backs, where shoulder injuries really tend to linger with a running back. Um... It's one of those positional injuries that is very specific to its position, but drastically hurts their play. Like if you're a quarterback, what don't you want to hurt your hand, right? If you're a wide receiver or cornerback, probably don't hurt your knee, right? At running back, your shoulder is one of those body parts because every hit that you take, it's going on your shoulder. And your ability to drive through a guy, your ability to move and hold the ball, catch, I mean, really to do anything is dependent on your shoulder. If he does play and it looks like he's at 100%, if that's the case, he does have six rushing touchdowns in the last seven games. And the Dolphins give up these six most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I think he actually could be played in standards, but I don't imagine he's going to be healthy enough. I'll update you guys on Friday. We'll talk about that more depending on really what we know. At this point, I think the best thing for Miles Sanders would be for him to not play. Miles Sanders could have a good day. Now, considering he has just two touchdowns on the season and 22.5% of his fantasy points have come from receptions, I definitely think that he leans more towards being a PPR guy. He doesn't score a lot 
and doesn't hold too much standard value. But this is a good matchup. And if Howard was out, that could certainly mean a good day for him as you could plug him in as a flex play. As far as the wide receivers go, with all three of their top top guys gone, uh, they are left with Whiteside and Mac Hollins, J.J. Whiteside and Mac Hollins. I wouldn't play either of those guys. They've gotten some plays in this year with how banged up this offense has been. We've kind of seen what they could do, and they just haven't been productive enough. I don't trust this offense at all. The two guys they do trust, one being Zach Ertz. He's been phenomenal lately. Um, Versus Chicago, he had nine catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Versus the Patriots, very tough defense, by the way. He had nine catches, 94 yards. And then versus Seattle, they scored just nine points. He still had 91 yards off of 12 catches and a touchdown. Absolutely start Zach Ertz. Just absolutely play him. Dallas Godert, if you're looking in deep leagues, maybe a 16-team league or whatever, and you're looking to play a tight end this week, you could possibly play him. Last week, he did have seven catches for 32 yards. No touchdown, but that's still 11.2 fantasy points in PPR leagues, and he's been okay at finding the end zone. With all those wide receivers out, they could be seeing a lot of two tight end sets, and it's very likely that you could have Stud Zachert as an awesome number one tight end, and Dallas Goder as kind of a sleeper deep league tight end play. But I don't trust him a lot. I do hope you have some better options. I would sit Jake Elliott. He's averaging just five fantasy points a game over the last five games. It's not his fault he's a good kicker. That offense has just been marred by injuries. And I would uh, play the Eagles defense this week. They could have a great, great week versus the Dolphins, who give up the most fantasy points to opposing defenses. Um, a little bit less injuries here on the Dolphins side, but not much more fantasy value. I think you got to sit Ryan Fitzgerald. Or, yeah, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, excuse me. Um, the last two quarterbacks to play against the Eagles have averaged just 10 fantasy points together and combined for just one touchdown. Those quarterbacks were Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. Um, he is no Tom Brady and no Russell Wilson. Do not play him this week. I would also sit Kalen Balage versus the Eagles run defense that held Dalvin Cook to just 2.5 yards per carry. Again, I probably don't need to say it, but Kalen Balage is no Dalvin Cook, so I would sit him this week as well. I would sit their tight end, Mike Gesicki. I would sit their kicker, Jason Sanders. And I would sit their defense nine times this year have they scored four fantasy points or less. The only person in this entire offense that I would consider playing is Devontae Parker. Last game, he had six catches, 91 yards. The game before, he had seven catches for 135. He's got, what is that, four touchdowns in the last eight weeks. He hasn't been great. But he's been productive and he is playable. I think he gets enough volume based on the fact that he's really probably the only weapon in that offense that has much value or usage. But it's been a pretty quick breakdown for this game because just the injuries and everything really holding this back. Kind of a toilet bowl this game. But move on to the next game, guys. All right, now I'll be talking about the Giants versus the Packers. Let's start off with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think it's pretty safe to say that this year's 2019 Aaron Rodgers hasn't shown us the same Aaron Rodgers that we've seen in the past. He's still been a very efficient and effective quarterback. Um, he's got a quarterback rating of over 100. He's got 18 touchdown passes to just two interceptions. And I still think he's a pretty good quarterback. For whatever reason, some coaching schemes, just lack of wide receivers, um, Devontae Adams being hurt for most of the year so far, that's really hurt him. But he has still been very productive. You combine that with a great, a great matchup versus the Giants, giving the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. I think this is, I think he's in line for a huge week. I would absolutely start him. I think you also got to start Aaron Jones. He's been extremely productive this year. He went against just a stifling run defense against the 49ers last week, and yes, he struggled. They also fell behind very quickly, and it was just a quiet run game. Didn't get used much. But he's got 14 touchdowns on the year. 
this is a solid RB1 absolute play, Aaron Jones. Um, as far as the other running back there, talk about Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams has been productive enough that in PPR leagues, he can be played as a flex. In PPR leagues, he is 21st in running back scoring. Now, he's much lower in standard league scoring, and standard league scoring, I'm going to probably call him a running back three. Um, but he's projected to have 57 catches over a 16-game span. So, yeah, he's been pretty productive in that aspect. It does make me a bit nervous. It's hard for me to justify playing a backup running back. But in a game like this, they could very well get ahead very by quite a lot very early against the Giants. And he could see extra touches simply because they want to work him in and keep Aaron Jones healthy. As far as the wide receivers go, start Devontae Adams. He is just insane right now. He's a top five wide receiver. I'm not even going to break this down. Just start the guy. He's phenomenal. I would sit all other wide receivers for them. There's just nobody else you can trust. That Green Bay wide receiving team is just... Other than Adams, there's just nobody there that I like enough that you can safely put in your lineup. Jimmy Graham, he's not quite who he used to be. The Giants have only third fewest fantasy points to tight ends. It's really the one redeeming part of their defense is their ability to cover tight ends. I would sit him this week. Crosby, I'd play him. The Giants give the fourth most fantasy points to kickers, and this could be a very good week for that offense as a whole. He could be putting up a lot of field goals and extra points. Packers defense, they start off really great first few weeks of the season, and then they've really come back down to earth. However, this could be sort of a return to what they were at the beginning of the year. I would consider playing them against a, a Daniel Jones who's really turnover prone. He's kind of the prototypical rookie who makes a lot of mistakes. And the Giants do give up the third most fantasy points to opposing defenses. Flipping sides now, we'll talk about Daniel Jones. Um, he's had his rookie struggles, but he's also had three huge games. In those three games, he's averaged 37 fantasy points a game. During those three games, he's totaled 10 touchdown passes to zero picks. He's averaged 322 passing yards versus the Bucks, the Lions, and the Jets. Those were all bad defenses. The Packers are not that bad of a defense. So he does have huge upside. But against the Packers, allowing the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, they rank 23rd in pass defense. Um, but they've kind of progressively gotten worse this season. Uh, he's kind of a sleeper play. He's got a very... High floor and a low ceiling is what I would say, especially with uh, Sterling Shepard back, although Tate is currently marked as questionable. He's a guy that you could consider playing as not a high-end quarterback, but probably a quarterback 10 to 14 sort of range. Uh, you got to start uh, Saquon Barkley. I don't even feel like I need to break this down. He's currently 12th in fantasy points per game. He's having a bit of a down year, but that is due to the struggle of his offense. That's not his fault. Absolutely play Barkley. As far as the wide receivers go, we got Golden Tate. He's currently marked as questionable. I'll say nothing else to the aspect of his injury. That's for the Friday video or injury update video. As for right now, the Packers are all the eighth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, but over the last five games, excuse me, yeah, excuse me, the last five games before last week, he averaged 80.5 yards and six catches. He did struggle last week, but I think he can be played as a wide receiver three if he does start. We've got Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Um, I don't know if I trust these guys very much. Put simply, Tate has really or worked his way into that role of that number one guy. Shepard is probably a wide receiver too because I think that he's going to take that role back, especially if Golden Tate is not 100%, if he doesn't play, if he comes in and he's sloppy or he's you know still injured or whatever. Um, Sterling Shepard is the number one wide receiver for the Giants. There's a lot of weapons there, yes, and I think a lot of people doubt that. The only reason that Sterling Shepard hasn't been playing, he's been held back, is simply due to the concussions. It is a tough matchup against a good 
Packers pass defense, which again, they've, they've gotten prog- progressively worse, but I don't think they're one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. I think they're a fair defense and it does make me nervous. So I would start them sparingly depending on your situation. It's going to depend on what wide receivers you have. As far as Evan Ingram goes at tight end, he is currently questionable. But if he plays, start him absolutely. The Packers do have the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. I would sit their kicker, Aldrich Rosas, and I would sit their defense. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Hopefully the Giants can pull through a win. Go Vikings. All right, let's talk about the Steelers versus the Browns. It's going to be an interesting game. I want to start talking about the Steelers because that offense is, much like the Eagles offense, very banked up and not very trustworthy at this point. We've currently got sort of a quarterback battle going on with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. Um, Mason Rudolph just hasn't been playing great. I, I think if you're the Steelers, you got to play Hodges this week. He definitely looks better than Rudolph, but he still doesn't look great. Either way, sit both of these guys. And either way, the quarterback play has hurt the rest of the offense. As far as the running backs go, we got James Conner, who's questionable. Again, I'll update you guys on Friday. But as of right now, there I see almost no way he's back to 100%. And I don't think there's almost any way that he comes in this game and is the running back that he has been in the past. With the way that Trey Edmonds and Benny Snell Jr. have been running the ball and the way that Jalen Samuels has been worked in in the passing game, I don't think he's going to come in and have any value. I wouldn't play James Conner, especially based off of that question mark currently right now with his health. Uh, Jalen Samuels could be played in PPR leagues and in PPR leagues only if James Conner sits. James Conner sits, you take one more running back out of that backfield to clear it up a bit, and he is the main usage guy in the passing game, so he does hold some value. Benny Snell Jr. had 21 carries for 89 yards last week. That was great, but it was just a few weeks ago, Trey Edmonds had 12 carries for 73 yards. At this point, I don't trust either of those guys. I'm not, not going to play Edmonds or Benny Snell Jr. Are you going to trust them? Are you going to put your fantasy season on the line against an actually above average run defense of the Browns? I wouldn't. I don't think that you should. As far as the wide receivers goes, we got Judas Smith-Schuster. He uh, missed last week with a concussion. He's currently marked as questionable. Browns do give the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers. I think he has a better chance of having a good week if Hodges plays, if Rudolph plays, that's going to hurt him. Um, I think he can be played as a wide receiver three. I'm just not huge on him right now with that quarterback play. James Washington has actually been more productive recently. 98 yards and a touchdown last week, 90 yards and a touchdown three weeks ago. He's not been so bad lately. Definitely take a look at considering playing him, though two weeks ago, the last time he played the Browns, he had just three catches for 49 yards. So he is playable, but I don't love him. I'd call him a mid-wide receiver three. I would sit Vance McDonald. I know people love Vance McDonald. I think they're going to hate me for this pick. But when you look at his fantasy production over the last, I believe, seven games or whatever, he scored two, zero, six, one, 15, six, six, and one fantasy points. He just hasn't been great. you got to sit this guy. The numbers aren't there. Uh, if you're looking for, in deep leaks, if you're looking for a, a low-end kicker play, Chris Boswell could be the guy. He's just been kicking so well lately, but I don't love him. I would only play him in super large, you know, 16-team leagues. Finally, the Steelers' defense, if you're looking to take a risk, you could play them. They've had a few good games recently, but the last time they played the Browns, they scored just one fantasy point. So I'm going to say probably don't play them this week. Flipping sides now to the Browns, Baker Mayfield, I would sit him. Based on the whole, just the entire, when you look at the game script for this, the way that Steelers offense has been, I think you, you got to sit Baker Mayfield. I think they're going to run the ball a lot this week. That being said, play Nick Chubb. He's going to have a lot of value. Nick Chubb is going to get a lot of carries in this game. As far as Kareem Hunt goes, he can be played in PPR leagues. 
Um, he does hold a fair amount of PPR value, but he's never going to take over Nick Chubb's role in the running game. He's just not. He does have some third down usage, and it's really cool that the Browns are able to put out a guy in third down that's better than most first and second down backs for a lot of teams, but he's never going to take that role over. And I have a hard time thinking he's going to get a lot of PPR usage in a game where they could very well blow out the Steelers like they did last time. So for me, in a PPR league, he comes in as a flex play, but, <coughs> but nothing more. Odo Beckham Jr. coming off a fairly solid day last week with a touchdown. Jarvis Landry, he's been phenomenal lately. I believe he's got five touchdowns in the last four games. Though don't quote me to that. I have terrible memory right now. But both those guys should be played. I don't think they're going to have huge phenomenal days. Again, this is sort of limited by game scripts in this game. But I have a hard time imagining you're going to not play these guys this week. For me, they come in. Jarvis Landry, to me, is a mid to low wide receiver two. And Odell Beckham, based on upside, is a high wide receiver three. I would sit all Browns tight ends. And I would start kicker Austin Siebert. He's been kicking pretty well recently. And based off the game script that we're looking at, that could very well be this game with lots of running, defense, playing safe, smart football. He could kick quite a few field goals. Finally, I would sit the Browns defense. I know that they could have a very good day. If you want to take a gamble against the Steelers, a very messed up offense, yeah, you could take a shot on them. But personally, I don't trust them. I think there's some more trustworthy options this week. And that's just me. Again, I think you could stream some better options. You could very well play them, but there's a lot of risk involved. So if you do play them, understand that there is certainly the opportunity or the chance for them to be busts this week and to be a regrettable start. But that is my wrap-up for the Steelers versus the Browns game. Let's move on to our next game, guys. All right, guys, we're going to dive into the Panthers versus the Redskins. Let's start off with the Redskins. Quite honestly, that offense is not great right now. we got Dwayne Haskins um, with a quarterback rating of 55 Anybody who's seen what he's done on the field, just sit this guy. The production isn't there. As far as the running backs go now, the Redskins are committed to running the ball early and often and just continue running the ball all game long. And Peterson even played well. Geis even played okay. But when you consider the fact that they're both splitting carries and that offense continues to stall out because of the poor play of Haskins, I do not trust either one of those running backs. I don't think that you should play either of them. I would sit both of them in most leagues unless you're very desperate. As far as the wide receivers go, the only guy to consider is Terry McLaurin. For me, I would play him as a wide receiver too. He is an absolute stud who with even just a mediocre quarterback could be one of the best fantasy receivers in the NFL. And he really benefits. Now, again, is really hurt by that quarterback play, but he does benefit from a good matchup this week against the Panthers, who give up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. I would sit the Redskins tight ends. I would sit their kicker and their defense and make that really nice and easy. The Redskins do allow the ninth most fantasy points to opposing defenses, by the way. As far as Kyle Allen goes... <clears throat> Um, he's had five games with one or zero touchdown passes. He's looked good at times, but unless he gets a lot of volume, he is very unstable and hasn't had much fantasy value. I would sit him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's an RB1. Start him absolutely no matter what the guy is matchup proof. Play him for sure. As far as the wide receivers go for Carolina, we got DJ Moore. He's really developing into a pretty solid wide receiver one. He's looked good. He's a former first round pick in the last four games. He's averaged 110 receiving yards. 
plus. He is eighth in the NFL in average yards per game, or excuse me, average targets per game. Um, start him as a wide receiver one for sure. Curtis Samuel, he's got huge upside. It's just so hard to trust this guy. He averages 3.5 catches and 43 yards per game, so he's really no one to write home about. He can be played, though I would probably look, hopefully, to get some better options um, that have equal upside as him, maybe a bit safer. Tight end Greg Olson, he can be played this week. The Redskins do allow the eighth most fantasy points to tight ends. Um, he's solid and safe, but he's not great. As far as the kicker, Joey Sly goes, he started off huge, but he has very much imploded in the last seven games. He has 10 misses. 10 misses in the last seven games sit Joey Sly. And I would consider starting the Panthers defense versus Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins this week. Let's move on to our next game, guys. All right, let's talk about the Jaguars versus the Buccaneers. Let's start off with the Jaguars and Nick Foles. I'd play him. He scored 18 and 15 fantasy points over the last two weeks versus the Colts and the Titans, which are both considered to be both pretty good pass defenses. Now he plays the Buccaneers, giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing QBs. Pretty good matchup. I definitely consider playing him, especially with his weapons. Let's talk about his weapons. DJ Chark, I'm not even going to get into it. He's been great. And the Buccaneers give up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Start him. You also got to start Leonard Fournette. He's just one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's getting just a crazy amount of volume. And he's got two touchdowns and a great game last week. Absolutely play him. As far as their wide receiver two there in Jacksonville, that's D.D. Westbrook. I would also give him a look at playing him over the last three games, over his last three full games, by the way, note because of injury. He's had 18 catches, 204 yards. So I would consider playing him again in this great matchup as a wide receiver three. Chart comes in for me as a solid to low end wide receiver one. I would sit there tight end Nick O'Leary and start Josh Lambeau. Other than one miss just a couple of weeks ago, he has been absolutely great. As far as the Jaguars defense, they're very inconsistent, but they can be played as a low end start if you're willing to take a risk because of the way that Buccaneers offense runs and operates. They tend to have a lot of turnovers and Jameis Winston has just been playing bad lately as far as that goes. They do give up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. <clears throat> Let's continue on now, flipping sides with the Buccaneers offense. I think you should play Jameis Winston. Again, I did just mention he's not a great quarterback, but it doesn't matter. He's a great fantasy quarterback. He's averaging 25 fantasy points a game this season, and the Jaguars do give up the 12th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. As far as the running backs go, Ronald Jones Jr. is the guy to play. He's actually been playing very well lately. Jaguars give up the 9th most fantasy points to running backs, and he has scored in three of his last four games. In those games, he's averaging 18.3 fantasy points per game. So Ronald Jones Jr. can be played as a running back too this week. As far as their wide receivers go, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, play both of them. Both of them, they've been phenomenal. There's been concerns recently from just a small group of people who have been worried about Chris Godwin's play. I think he put those arguments to rest with 184 yards and two touchdowns last week. So I definitely think these guys are both worth a play. Cameron Bright, sit him. Well, you know, there was some... A couple of weeks ago, he did have a good game, and then O.J. Howard goes out, and he really steps in as this number one tight end, but it didn't equate to anything. Last week, he didn't catch his only target. He was flat. He had zero fantasy points. Don't play him. Uh, Matt Gay, he's been off the last two weeks, but prior to that, he's been kicking very well. I would consider playing Matt Gay this week, and I would sit the Buccaneers defense. That's a pretty quick wrap-up, but I think everything seems pretty straightforward in this game. Not too many injury concerns, not too many guys, too many question marks. I think it seems pretty straightforward. That's always very nice to deal with in fantasy. Uh, not too much concerns of uncertainty. All right, guys, we've got what's got to be the game of the week, 49ers versus Ravens. Let's start off with the 49ers. 
Simply put, I'd sit Jimmy Garoppolo this week. I don't trust him versus the Ravens. The only guy to consider starting at the running back position for the 49ers is Tevin Coleman. He does have seven touchdown pass, seven touchdowns, excuse me, in his last nine games. However, with Wilson there, with Brida there, with Mostart there, he's really hard to trust. He's a guy who's only averaging, only averaging 12.7 carries a game. And at 3.9 yards per carry, that's an average of 49 rushing yards a game, making him a very touchdown-dependent guy who's going up against a very effective run defense, allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I'm probably going to put him in as a running back three this week. I'd be looking elsewhere unless you're desperate. He could be played, but you know you got to be in deep leagues or not have some great running backs. As far as the wide receivers go, we got Debo Samuel. Um, He's been pretty good this last three weeks. He's looked good. In fact, he's looked uh, sort of unstoppable. He's really earned the trust of Jimmy Garoppolo. In week 10, 11, um, he had some pretty good amount of targets, ending in eight catches in both games. He had 112 yards and 134 yards in those weeks. He's looked very effective. Um, for me, I'd start him as a wide receiver three. There's certainly still some risk there. If Emmanuel Sanders misses time, misses time, doesn't play this week because he is banged up. We'll talk about that in a second. He does get bumped up to a wide receiver two. If Sanders plays, he's a wide receiver three um, because he'll get that volume boost. Let's talk about Emmanuel Sanders. He did play with a rib injury last week, um, but they got up early, they got up fast, and they didn't need to throw the whole throw the ball a whole lot, ball a whole lot. Excuse me, um, man. Really struggling here. My apologies, guys. Um, for me, he comes in as a wide receiver three or flex if he does play. We'll see if he plays. We'll see his health. We'll continue monitoring that. Tight end George Kittle. Um, he did come back early after his broken ankle. Seemed like a bad choice long term, but he still played pretty darn well. Um, I still think you got to start this guy. Absolutely play him. He's been phenomenal recently. Um, their kicker, Chase McLaughlin. Um, he's averaging double-digit fantasy points since taking over as their kicker. This is not the easiest matchup, but I still think he is playable. I would play him this week. And the 49ers defense is good, but I don't trust them against this just red-hot Ravens offense. I would sit the 49ers defense this week. Flipping sides now, we'll talk about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. you got to play this guy right now. He is phenomenal. He is insane. Um, it was like a five-game span or whatever. He was averaging like 32 fantasy points. This guy's been absolutely phenomenal. It seems like he's almost matchup-proof. Play him. Absolutely play him this week. As far as the running backs go, the only guy to play there has got to be Mark Ingram. San Francisco allows the second fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, but Ingram has 12 touchdowns in 11 games and a career-best 5.2 yards per carry. For me, he comes in as a fairly solid running back, too. As far as the wide receivers go, excuse me, <coughs> Marquez Brown is coming off a solid two-touchdown performance. He's got six touchdowns on the year. But... His six, but his 57 yards per game, excuse me, versus one of the number one, if not the number one pass defense in the NFL in the 49ers who allow just 136 passing yards a game. I think you got to sit Marquez Brown this week. The guy I do like, the guy I think you got to play is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is probably one of the best tight ends in the NFL as far as efficiency goes. Um, he's probably, I think he's number fifth right now in fantasy tight end scoring. So he's phenomenal. I would absolutely play him. And you got to start Justin Tucker. He's been a great kicker. I don't think there's many other good options. And the Ravens defense um, is a must start. 49ers offense is good, but they do have some inconsistencies. Jimmy Garoppolo could have some turnovers. And they're just playing simply too good not to start this week. So that's my wrap up for this game. Um, it could go either way.
Both teams are red hot right now. I think this is going to be really revealing as to what we know about these teams uh, going forward into the playoffs and such. But, man, there's a lot riding on this, so I'll certainly be watching. Um, let me know who you guys are rooting for in this game. But let's move on to our next and continue talking about the fantasy inf information that you guys need to know. All right, now we got Cardinals versus Rams. Let's start off with the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. He's pretty much a must start. He's averaging 25 fantasy points a game over the last three games. Play him. Moving on now to the running backs, we got David Johnson and Kenyon Drake. David Johnson, despite not being marked as health or not being marked as injured last week, um, he did play. He saw less than five snaps, didn't touch the ball. Kenyon Drake saw all of the backfield touches, all 22 of them. He can be played as a low-end RB2 or flex play in deeper leagues. I don't trust him. I think there's a lot going on in that backfield. But he had 30 points, 10 points, and 14 fantasy points. So he's got some huge upside. I definitely think he's worth a play this week. Um, again, especially in deeper leagues or with a little bit of risk in a standard, typical size league. As far as the wide receivers go, both Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald are playable this week. They've both got huge upside um, and downside. Larry Fitzgerald's definitely much safer, but he doesn't have quite the ceiling as... Christian Kirk, who had 17 fantasy points four weeks ago. He had 42 fantasy points two weeks ago. I would play both of them in this matchup. I think they're definitely going to be hurt, considering that they're going to be going against Jalen Samuels. But they've been too productive not to play. And the way the Cardinals team has been going this entire year, those guys have to play well for them to win. They really do. And so far, it's been working at least pretty well for them. I would sit all Cardinals tight ends, and I would sit, or excuse me, I would start Zane Gonzalez against the Rams this week, give him the 11 most fantasy points to kickers, and I would sit the Cardinals defense. Flipping sides now, let's talk about the Rams and Jared Goff. Um, three straight games without a touchdown. He can only be played in leagues larger than 12 teams. Cardinals do give up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. That's really the one redeemable factor about the way or about his fantasy situation right now. Jared Goff has been bad. You got to play Todd Gurley this week in Cooper Cup. I'm not even going to break that down. Play these guys. It's a good matchup. Robert Woods. In the last two games, he has 95-plus receiving yards, and he's in the game against a team giving up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. He can be played as a low-end wide receiver three. Brandon Cooks, sit. He was a disappointment in his first game back, and it's a pretty crowded offense that's struggling to throw the ball, struggling to move the ball. I would sit him. Gerald Everett can be played at tight end. The Cardinals do give up more fantasy points to tight ends than any other team in the NFL, so he is certainly playable. you got to play Greg Zerline, and you got to sit the Rams' defense this week. All right, let's talk about the Broncos versus the Chargers. Let's talk about the Chargers first off. I think you should sit Phillip Rivers against the Broncos. Other than Kirk Cousins, they have given quarterbacks a very hard time and allowed them to just the fourth fewest fantasy points. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. I don't think it's going to be quite the best week for them. I imagine the Chargers are going to lean heavily on the running game, which is why you got to play Melvin Gordon as a strong RB2. He's not quite an RB1 because this isn't the easiest matchup, and that passing game has struggled a little bit, and then, of course, you do factor in Austin Eckler's role, but he's increased 4.6 yards per carry over the last few games. He's looked great. He's got to be played this week as an RB2. Austin Eckler, he had 15 receptions against Denver earlier in the year. He's very productive. I don't think he's quite going to have 15 in this game, but he could very well have upwards of close to 10. In standards, he's a running back three, but in PPR leagues, he comes in as a strong running back two with his ability to receive the ball. He's on pace for 95 catches and 970 receiving yards um, and nine TDs. So, wow, he's been absolutely phenomenal. 
As far as the wide receivers go, Keenan Allen, he's going to be lined up across from Chris Harris, who held him to four catches for 18 yards last time they played. He comes in as a wide receiver three or flex play this week. Mike Williams comes in as a wide receiver three in leagues over 12. He hasn't really found the end zone this year. He's struggled. He hasn't been great. But with the attention on Keenan Allen, he could have a fair day. Tight end Hunter Henry must be played. He is absolutely phenomenal. According to Pro Football Focus, he is currently the third best tight end in the NFL. I'd start their kicker Michael Badgley versus Denver, allowing the second most fantasy points to kickers. And finally, Chargers defense, I would play them versus Denver along the eighth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. As far as Denver's offense goes in Brandon Allen, sit them, just sit them, just sit him. He has been bad, and the Chargers do give up the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, Philip Lindsay has taken over his role really pretty solid as the number one running back, and the Chargers do allow the seventh most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So with his efficiency, his solid yards per carry, I think you got to play this guy. He's a very great flex, otherwise a running back three. He's been effective. I like him. He did work his way in a number one running back situation. But with the play of Brandon Allen, I just don't trust this offense's ability to you know keep them chains moving down the field. So that's why he gets bumped down to a flex or RB3. Cortland Sutton, before last week... Um, which wasn't his best week. He's been unbelievably consistent. He has played very well. He comes in as a wide receiver three or flex play. Fantasy-wise, I can't wait to see what he can do next year when you give him a better quarterback situation. He's really made do quite well this year. Your tight end Noah Fant, I would sit him, and I would sit their kicker, Brandon McManus. Finally, Denver's defense, I'm going to sit them as well. They are currently 25th in fantasy points, averaging just 5.5 fantasy points a game on the season. All right, Raiders versus Chiefs. I want to start off with the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes, you got to play this guy straight up. Good matchup against the Raiders, along the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And heck, he's Pat Mahomes. As far as the running situation goes, I don't trust any Kansas City running backs at this point. I, I would want to avoid playing all of them. If you had to play one, for me, it'd be LaShawn McCoy. He helped carry Damian Williams last week, and he did score a touchdown. Many are expecting Damian Williams to take over his role again, bounce back, and be the guy this week. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think LaShawn McCoy is going to have a phenomenal week either, but like I said, I think that he's probably the guy to play if you had to play one of them. As far as the wide receivers go, play both Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. Tyreek Hill has five touchdowns in his last six games, though last week was a bit flat. Sammy Watkins comes in more as a low-end wide receiver three, and in fact, in standard leagues, he comes in as a wide receiver four. Did you know he hasn't scored since week one? He has three touchdowns on the year. All of those came in the first game, so he can be played. But for me, it's like low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four in standards. And in PPR leagues, he does come in as a fairly solid wide receiver three, though. Um, but again, the touchdown production has been very limited because of the other weapons there, like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, who was yet another guy you need to start this week. I think you should also start Harrison Butker. He does carry a little bit of risk. He's slightly inconsistent, but he's been fairly solid the last few weeks, scoring 12, 6, 18, 15, and 7 fantasy points. I think he's worth a start. I would sit the Chiefs defense, however. Flipping sides now to the Raiders, Derek Carr. Um, he's a guy that is a medium to low-end quarterback play this week. I would probably call him in that 9 to 15 range where he can be played in deep leagues for sure. And if you don't have a top 10 quarterback, he could be played as a kind of plug-and-play flex play. I don't love him, but this could be a shootout against the Chiefs allowing the 10th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Josh Jacobs is a must-start. The Chiefs give up more fantasy points to opposing running backs than any other team in the NFL. As far as the wide receivers go, Hunter Renfro, according to the NFL uh, reporter Ian Rappaport, 
He came out and kind of let everybody know, reported, the Hunter Renfro has a broken rib and punctured lung. Um, safe to say he won't be playing this week, and that's one of the things that hurts Derek Carr's value and why I'd probably tend to lean towards not playing him this week. Tyra Williams gets a boost. I think you got to play him this week, being pretty much the only wide receiver there in that offense right now. I definitely think you should play him. You could see increased volume and usage. I would also play Darren Waller. Chiefs give up fifth most fantasy points to tight ends, and with Hunter Renfro out, they're going to really look towards him as the safety blanket and the possession receiver. I would sit Daniel Carlson and the Raiders defense this week, guys. All right, let's talk about the Patriots versus the Texans and Tom Brady. Last week wasn't his best week. In fact, he's been pretty average lately, but this is a good matchup against the Texans' pass defense that's quite honestly pretty bad. I would play him this week. As far as the running backs go, we'll take a look at Sony Michelle and James White. James White is averaging nine fantasy points a game over the last four games. That is in PPR leagues, however. Sony Michelle is averaging just six and a half fantasy points a game over the last four games. So, quite honestly, I think you need to look towards other running backs this week. The Texans do give the 11th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. In standard leagues, I think you could play Sony Michelle as a flex play or a very low-end RB2. And I mean very low-end um, uh, let me repeat that again. Very low end. <laughs> and James White can be kind of the similar situation as a flex play or a very low end RB2 in PPR leagues. I don't like either of these guys, though. I would avoid them and look towards other options. You're essentially rolling the dice and gambling that they're going to score. And right now it's very hard to predict who's going to be scoring in that offense. Julian Edelman, he's a must-play against the Texans, giving up the 13th most fantasy points to wide receivers. Mohamed Sanu, he's currently questionable. We don't know whether he's going to play at the moment, but if he starts, play him as a solid wide receiver three or low-end wide receiver two. I would sit all Patriots tight ends, and if you're looking for a kicker this week, Nick Folk can be played. He has scored eight, nine, and nine fantasy points, so he's been very... Um, safe and productive not super highly productive but safe finally i would sit the patriots defense this week as far as deshaun watson go and the houston texans last time he played a tough defense um similar to the patriots he scored just six fantasy points and the patriots give up fewer fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks than any other team in the entire nfl i would consider looking at another quarterback this week he's been very volatile this year in his play Carlos Hyde, he's going to get between 12 and 20 carries, but he's very touchdown dependent. I think he's worth a RB2 or flex spot in standard leagues. I would sit Duke Johnson. This is going to be a tough matchup for him. I think you got to start DeAndre Hopkins, of course. He is one of the best receivers in the NFL. It's a tough matchup, don't get me wrong, against Stefan Gilmore. We talked about earlier about how great he's been, and they do give up fewer fantasy points to opposing wide receivers than anybody else in the league. But you still have to play this guy. For me, he comes in as a low-end wide receiver, too. Will Fuller in his first game back had 11 targets, 7 catches, and 140 yards. For me, he comes in as a wide receiver too this week. Going to benefit from that Cole Beasley effect where DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a tough day. And that should see Deshaun Watson throwing to Fuller's way a bit more. Darren Fells, uh, he's only worth a start if he scores. Um, if he has scored, he scored six times all year. But it's a pretty big gamble. If he doesn't score, he hasn't been worth a start in the past. So I would consider looking towards another tight end. But if you're in a standard league and you're desperate, he's playable. I just don't like him. Kaimi Fairbairn is a tough matchup, but he's a good kicker and can still be played. And the Texans defense, should you should sit them. They're averaging just 3.8 fantasy points per game this season. And they're playing a pretty well-coached and disciplined Patriots offense, giving up the ninth fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. 
All right, guys, here we are at our final game for the day. Final game for this week we got to talk about is uh, Seahawks versus Vikings, of course. Go Vikings. Hopefully we win this game. It's going to have huge playoff implications for us. But let's talk about the fantasy. Kirk Cousins. He's got 16 touchdown passes in the last six games. That's pretty good, but it's even more impressive when you consider one of those games, he didn't even throw a single touchdown pass. That's because they beat the Washington Redskins and held them to just nine points in that game. You can imagine that with Adam Thielen having been out for the last however many games, and in a game like that, I actually think he's been very productive. I think he's a must-play this week versus the Seahawks, giving up the 13th most fantasy points to opposing QBs. Dalvin Cook is a must-start with 11 touchdowns in 11 games. I mean, you shouldn't even have to think about it. Twice this year, he has gone without a touchdown. But in those games, he still scored 15 and 32 fantasy points. He is an absolute must-start. He's almost matchup proof, dare I say. As far as the wide receivers go, Adam Thielen still struggling with that hamstring. He is questionable, but he did return to practice recently. He's got six touchdowns in his last seven games, so if he plays, start him. Stephon Diggs is also worth a start uh, five times in his last eight games. He's had over 100 receiving yards. He's been very phenomenal in filling in for Adam Thielen. Uh, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, they're really splitting, splitting roles at tight end right now. I wouldn't start either of them. Maybe in the future, Irv Smith will really take over that role as the receiving tight end. But for right now, there's just too much kind of load sharing. Dan Bailey, sit him. Uh, he's a good kicker, but he's just not kicking enough attempts this year. So I would sit him this week. And I would sit the Vikings defense. As far as the Seattle Seahawks go, Russell Wilson is a must-play. Vikings defense is good, but Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate. He has been phenomenal. And I think if Seattle's going to win this game, they're going to have to do it through throwing the ball. Why is that? Because the Vikings allow the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, which is a major problem for both Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, who are going to be really splitting carries this week. Last week, Carson had eight carries, plus he had four targets, four catches, and 31 yards. But he was outcarried by Penny, who had 14 carries for 129 yards and a touchdown. Note, that was versus the Eagles defense that held Dalvin Cook to 2.5 yards per carry. So, it's going to be a tough situation. I don't trust either of these guys, either Carson or Penny. I think it's going to be another situation where they both get around 10 to 12 carries in that game. And you're essentially gambling with really no idea shooting in the dark as to who's going to score this week if either of those running backs score. As far as the wide receivers go, you got Tyler Lockett, Josh Gordon, and DK Metcalf. They're all great wide receivers and a good offense. But when you combine two fairly solid running backs, it's a tough situation as to who's going to get the fantasy numbers this week. It really is. When we look at it, the Vikings do have the fourth most fantasy points to opposing wideouts. I think Tyler Lockett is a must-play, and both Josh Gordon and DK Metcalf are borderline wide receiver three plays. It's tough because either one of them could have solid numbers and be a good wide receiver two this week. But the question is, not all three of them can do it. They won't do it. I don't see the Vikings defense is too good to allow three receivers to have great days against them. So which one of those guys is going to be kind of step back this week and is going to be kind of just as unimportant fantasy-wise. And so it's kind of a gamble that you're going to have to take. When we break down the situation, I think I trust DK Metcalf, and I think the odd man out this week is going to be Josh Gordon. But I could be wrong. The guy I do trust is probably Tyler Lockett, but 
Again, even then I say probably, so it's kind of a tough situation. As far as our tight end goes, uh, we got Jacob Hollister. He's got three touchdowns in the last three games. The Vikings do with the 11th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. I wouldn't play him this week, however. Um, I don't think that he's going to have a good matchup. That number is a bit skewed by the fact that the Vikings have played quite a few good tight ends this year. Finally, I would sit their kicker, Jason Myers, and I would sit the Seattle Seahawks defense. Man, I got a sore throat, and this has been a long video, but that is my wrap-up. That was the final game right there, guys. Everything that you need to know. Now, if you have any more questions, thoughts, or concerns, leave a comment down below, and I'll do my best to check it out. I won't be answering any questions or comments or anything Thursday morning. That's tomorrow morning, so I'm going to be doing it tonight. So try to leave your comments in really soon if you've got some Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day questions. Guys, you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And speaking of thanks, I want to thank you guys so much for supporting us. You've allowed us to do this channel, and I really appreciate you guys have a God. You guys have a good day, and God bless.